0: Creativity is is a state of mind, really. It's broader than just having a particular talent in a particular area. It's more about thinking widely and questioning and and looking at other ways of doing things and not just blindly following tradition and, and what's always been done. And you can introduce that into absolutely anything.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Little Spiral podcast with me, Tracy from Sun Spiral. I'm really excited about the topic for this week, which is creativity. We're obsessed with creativity here at Sun Spiral and the importance of seeing things from a different perspective and just trying new things and taking a new point of view, which is what we feel creativity is. I've got a slightly different format this week because I'm not on my own. Earlier in the week, I recorded a conversation with Louise Wiseman from Wiseman Data Privacy and the Privacy Guru. I've known Louise for almost a decade now, and she's a very inspiring person with a very creative point of view. And having undertaken a lot of creative endeavours over the years, she's got a really interesting perspective. So without further ado, let's get started. I'm really pleased to introduce my guest for this week on the Little Spiral podcast. She's been a business owner and consultant for over a decade now and more recently has expanded into photography and printmaking as well as a successful line in handmade jewellery. So please welcome Louise Wiseman. Louise, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Tracy. How are you? Great, thank you. Um, So I'm really excited to talk to you about all your stuff because you've got that kind of business strand that we're familiar with, but you've also got other more creative projects. I'm saying that in little inverted commas because I think we've (laughs) said before that there's creativity in all of those things. Do you just want to talk us through your background? Yeah, sure.
0: I suppose I, I, I started out, I went to university and I did a law degree and I didn't really want to do a law degree to be honest because uh, for all my life I'd wanted to be an actress um, oh. since the age of four so I, I had some kind of creativity in me I suppose from an early age and I think nowadays it's a lot more acceptable for people to want to to go into the performing arts or indeed into any kind of art as a career or anything yeah. creative as a career. But, but back in in those days focus was very much on no you must be doing something academic you must get a get a proper job they said it was the cause of a lot of strife between me and my parents this because I want to I want to act no no get a proper job you'll never be able to pay pay your your bills if you if you're an actress sort of thing so I went and I did a law degree absolutely hated it it was the most boring boring thing I'd ever done before just very dry Not me at all. And it didn't really change my mind about wanting to to go into performing arts. So uh, towards the end of my degree, I um, I started auditioning for various drama schools and performing Uh arts. And I got a place on one on a musical theatre course. But I think as was the way with with many of my generation, because I'd already had a grant for university, which was very lucky that I couldn't get another grant to do my performing arts course so uh, I sort of went and worked for a couple of years in the NHS to try and earn a bit of money but it, it just wasn't going to happen and in the end I had to give up on on doing that so one way or another the, the performing arts kind of went by the wayside and I got into the whole proper job sort of thing as you do and I I didn't I absolutely didn't want to work in law I was quite convinced of that which uh, which is interesting given what I've spent most of my proper job in inverted commerce career doing. Um, so I ended up just through circumstance working in banking for a while on a, on a temporary basis. And then through that, Ended up in banking compliance and then data protection, which came along as initially as a a project. It was one of those things where somebody said, oh, I need some help with a project for six months. Would you mind doing this? And I sort of said, oh, sounds interesting. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll help you with that. So I was put on that for six months and it was the Data Protection Act, the 1998 Data Protection Act one way before GDPR. And then I sort of carried on doing that. And then it gradually became my full time job. And I became a data protection officer. And it became the the whole job, really. So I sort of stuck with it, really, just because I'd sort of found a professional niche. And I've done that at a, a number of different companies since then and um as I say it's quite ironic really because law was something I wasn't at all interested in and I ended up specializing in one particular and probably not very exciting law <laughs> so yeah um
1: Well, I was going to I was going to jump in and ask you, did you traditionally feel that what you did within data protection was like the antithesis of creativity? Or did you find that creative thinking helped you in that role and that field?
0: Well, initially, I suppose I just found it really stifling because I, I don't really have that sort of a brain i have a more creative brain a more sort of curious mind a bit more of a butterfly mind really i kind of like to flip from one thing to another i I don't really like being bogged down in a lot of detail and i found i was having to force myself to be during my working hours having to do something that's traditionally very very serious and you know mixing with other people in in that profession as well it's better nowadays but in those days it was gray men in gray suits data protection officers not really people you want to get stuck in a corner with a party
1: <laughs> stuck in way. the lift with yeah <laughs> yeah exactly
0: you know people ask me what what do you do and you tell them and you can see their face that's going oh my god how can I get out of here so it, it, it didn't feel great I have to say no. it just felt like the opposite of everything I stood for but I think as I got into it more and as I got more senior I suppose and had a little bit more freedom to direct the way I did things and to throw ideas into the pot I think I started taking a bit more of a creative approach with it and realizing mm. it, you know just because because it's a dry stuff doesn't have to be done in a way that's, that's boring you know you can introduce light-heartedness into it you can communicate it in ways that are fun there's a lot you can do with it in 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 the way you communicate things and the, the relationships you build with people that can be a bit more creative and also I think um I always enjoyed writing and back in oh yeah, it seems like so so long ago now back in 2003 I was very very fortunate in that I had the opportunity to write a book on data protection uh, which was published by the British Standard and that was um I mean that was great I, I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. And I think that kind of helped me to realise that actually you can introduce a bit of creativity here. And yeah. on the back of that, I did a few articles Occasionally, here and there, for some data protection publications, which again don't tend to be the most exciting of reads, but it's fun to write for them and perhaps write in a way that's maybe a little bit more interesting, more lighthearted.
1: You said that you felt that you were stifled within that environment. Did you feel Mm. that you needed to poke holes in that? Or did you find Mm. that it was just something that as you got more sort of experienced, you knew where the borders were and where you could be a bit more creative?
0: Creative. Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I did start to be a little bit more creative in the way I or in the things I suggested and the way I presented things. And also I began to realise that this working life was not for me. It didn't fulfil me. It didn't, it, it didn't really sit with who I am. And I needed to make some changes, but I didn't really know what or how because you get so caught up in that yeah. working thing that you you know it's difficult to to see a way out. And I did I'd started. Doing some consultancy back in um, 2011, which was uh, a bit more fun actually, because when you're working for yourself, you can decide the direction you go in and um, and the way you do things. Yeah. and that's where you and I met, of course. It is absolutely.
1: Um, I was about to say the same. Yeah. So so I was already starting to think
0: about that then, but it wasn't really until 2017, I think, um, when things came to a, a real head for me. I'd, I'd had so many years of doing data protection and so many years of getting fed up with the corporate environment because a lot of of what I do in data protection, however creatively you do it and however much fun you can make it, a lot of it is still delivering unpleasant
1: messages to people (laughs)
0: um, or telling people that there's a risk here or that's the thing they want to do is, you know, is potentially going to, you know, be be problematic and Mm -hmm. it gets very wearing and all of those things were kind of coming to a head for me. I worked in a couple of places that weren't particularly nice to work in and I was just thinking I need need to escape really but didn't know how and then I was made redundant uh, unexpectedly and that sort of gave me the time to think oh what do I do now and I had I had a bit of time I I was lucky I suppose in that I didn't have to rush to find a full-time job Mm -hmm. so that was the point at which I sort of really started to to build my own business really so I started to really build the data privacy side of things, because that's the side that brings the money in mostly. So I decided to kind of set up two brands because I decided there were two markets that I could appeal to, and they were very different. So I set up a company called Wiseman Data Privacy, imaginatively named for <laughs> consultancy to larger businesses, really a more traditional consultancy approach, I guess. And I set up the Privacy Guru, which I aim at small businesses, mainly sole traders and creatives, mm-hmm. makers and, and anybody really who, who's just sort of a, a very, very small business and needs a bit of privacy advice. Yeah. Uh, and they both both those brands kind of have a similar ethos in that I do believe that consultancy should be straightforward and simple it shouldn't be about Mm. blinding people with science and scaring them off with graphs and making work for yourself you know (laughs) because it gets it has a bad reputation which is not wholly undeserved I have to say (laughs) and and I wanted to take a more honest approach to it I was able to take I guess a little bit more of a creative approach to that Mm. Um,
1: you mentioned sorry to jump in you mentioned right. graphs just now mm. and I think that's just taken me on a tangent of visual representation and how yeah. there's often some confusion that creativity means artistic and they're yeah. the same have, have you found that in your working life yeah I think
0: people do tend to think that creative means artistic and you know lots of people kind of say oh I'm not at all creative and what they actually mean is I can't draw or I yeah. can't paint or do you know what I mean yeah it doesn't mean you're not creative because I think creativity is is a state of mind really it's broader than just having a particular talent in a particular area it's more about thinking widely and questioning and and looking at other ways of doing things and yeah not just blindly following tradition and and what's always been done and you can introduce that into absolutely anything you know whether it's whether it's law or maybe not something like engineering who knows but you know (laughs) pretty pretty much anything I think
1: you you can can be original in your approach to engineering obviously the rules are still the same but how you communicate what you're doing and things like that there's still room for creativity isn't there it's a lot of it's like you said it's looking at things in a different way and turning things on its head and if you know you wouldn't want to mess with a bridge or something like that but you could play around (laughs) with concept that is creativity isn't it yeah
0: that's creativity yeah. yeah and it's experimenting as well not being afraid to to experiment with things and trying things and if they don't work they don't work. But sometimes yeah. they, they take. I and mean, I'll give you, I think, probably one good example of where things have and haven't landed well, uh, in my experience, is in the world of DP. One of the big things, of course, is privacy notices. And everybody hates yeah. privacy notices. You, we hate reading them. We hate writing them. They're just, they're a necessary evil. But they don't have to be. And my approach, for as long as I've been able to dictate the approach I take to privacy notices, is not to write them in legalese, not to write them in very, very dense language nobody understands, but to make them something people can read easily, Mm -hmm. um, or at least pick out the bits they need to read quickly, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there are ways of doing that and highlighting it and and maybe making it a bit humorous. And, And I try and write privacy notices, and I think I'm you know, I think quite good at writing them in, in a in a sort of humorous, lighthearted way. Obviously, yeah. it's got to fit with the brand of the company you're working for, but, you know, within limits. And I found that it does go down really well with people. People reading them seem to like them. And I've had a lot of people say, well, you know, wow, that is, that's the easiest privacy notice to read I've ever seen. Also found that within the organisations that I've worked with and for, there's been a lot of suspicion of it. It's as right. though they think, it has to be in legalese or it doesn't count.
1: Yeah, And I've had a lot of
0: discussions with people saying, well, what, why? Why must it be written in a way that puts people off? Why would you want to do that? And they can never come back with a reason for it. It's just a sort of innate suspicion because that's the way things have always been. Yeah, made. we
1: understand it to be complicated, boring and all those things. So yeah, if, you, yeah. if you turn that on its head, it's like, well, that must be wrong, surely. But yeah. you're showing that it's absolutely not wrong. It's just new. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And I've advised on things like using, you know, you can use animation. Obviously, I can't do that. I'm not an animator. But if you've got talented graphic designers and, and artistic people who can do that kind of thing, you can you can use bits of animation to, to get points across and illustrations and things like that. There's all sorts of things that you can do to present a traditional sort of information. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes for all legal information, actually. I mean, I've also written a lot of terms and conditions and there's no reason why they have to be, in, as long as they have the right things in place and, you know, the, the right legal elements in there, there's, there's no reason why they have to be written in at all way
1: yeah that's right so it's getting past that and trying to think creatively mm. about those things so yeah. we've talked a bit about your your data protection and mm. your career path within that field talk to us about your other endeavors which are arguably a bit more artistic aren't they so photography and yes. printmaking and jewelry making how did yeah. they come about
0: well interesting photography is something I've been doing all my life really since I could first hold a camera I've just been obsessed with taking photographs absolutely loved it but you know I would never have called myself a photographer I would never have considered that an artistic thing until recent years there was always that feeling for me and I don't know part of it might be my kind of generation I don't know the feeling that photography belonged to men with all the kit who were in camera clubs and got very aggressive and shouted and criticised each other's photos and, you mm. know what I mean, had long lenses and things. And I always felt like a bit of a sort of, I don't know, we shouldn't really be doing this, you know. Would you
1: say you felt like a fraud then? A yeah, yeah, I kind of did, I yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and I, I remember at school, there was a, when I, in the sixth one, they had a camera club and I really wanted to join the camera club. But it was all boys was it? and it was very... Yeah, and when I sort of asked if I could join, they were very sort of yeah, unwelcome exclusive. And yeah, and, and I found that that was the case, you know, whenever I did kind of meet photographers, they were always men and it was all about the kit really. It was all about knowing your focal lengths and having you a particular mm. lens, depth of field all the, and all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I to this day, I mean I kind of I obviously I, I understand all of that, but I don't understand it scientifically, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. And, and I don't think you need to, to take really good photos. No. So it was really entail probably about 2017 again that the time when I was sort of made redundant and I was building up my data protection bu- um, businesses I sort of thought to myself do you know what I good at taking photos and I'm as good as a lot of the people out there and I could make something of this too so yeah. I decided to start trying to to do a bit more of that with the aim of being a bit more out there with it and you know if I could find a way to maybe get paid for doing it so much the better or if I could just put myself out there and enjoy doing it and think of myself as a photographer, yeah. that's what I would do so I did I started to do that and I started taking photos of people and their pets I also got a gig as um, a photographer for there's um, a, a brass band a local brass band who needed photographs taking and that was a bit of luck because that was through somebody that I knew who knew them so I became their photographer for a while so whenever they were doing a a concert I would go and take their publicity photos for them which was brilliant really good experience and I also started a website called time spent with cats okay Um, I also love cats
1: they feature on social media more than you do, don't they? You can they do, sure, they, they're quite celebrities, more, yeah. They've
0: got more of a following, I think. My, my cats <laughs> are more popular on Facebook than I am, to, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, I do like taking photos of them, but I also like taking photos of other people's cats. So, I started this. Uh, it's, 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 that makes me sound very, very weird. That it was quite very funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if someone just jumped into the conversation yes. at that point. <laughs> It would I mean, seem
0: like a, a very different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So um, I started this website and it was purely because, again, I guess I was starting to feel creative, uh, feel like I want to do something just for pleasure as well. And, you know, photography, cats, meeting people, meeting nice people with cats and taking photos. Great. What could be better? So I started just going and meeting people, interviewing them about their cats, taking photos and then writing it up on my website. And that was going quite well. And then, of course, the pandemic came um, and and put a stop to it. So that was that. I do intend to revive that at some point um, now that we're moving again. So you'll have to put the link out there. I will do, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Get in touch. So that kind of made me feel a lot. I don't know. I suddenly felt a lot less scared to call myself a photographer. I think I started at that point to realise that I was actually creative, even though I wasn't an artist in a traditional sense, in that I can't draw because I genuinely can't draw. And doing jewellery making as well. I started making silver jewellery about eight years ago now, uh, nine years ago, maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, and again, the same period of time, I had more time to think about that. And I realised that a lot of people said, oh, do you sell those anywhere? And, and a couple of friends had asked me to make things for them. So I'd sort of already done some commissions and, and things. Um, so I set up a website um, and an Etsy shop for my jewellery, which was kind of another string To the the creative thing. So that's going well. And I also sell uh, some to, there's a gallery in Derby that has some of my jewellery as well. So sell some there.
1: Fantastic so it's almost like you've started off letting a little bit of creative energy seep through and that kind of snowballed hasn't it so it's almost like perpetuated itself you've allowed yourself to think I am actually a creative person and the more you've thought that and taken action based on that the the more and more your confidence in it's grown
0: yeah it really it really did snowball because then of course I discovered printmaking and, and I brought that on board as well yeah. Um, so yes, the, the minute the minute you let one thing in, it all, yeah.
1: all rushes in and it, it sort of takes in, over. Do you ever have off days? I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of peaks there. Do you ever have troughs when you're lacking the creative energy that you need for a project?
0: Oh, yeah, all the time. Plenty of those. I do have some days when I'm really, really buzzing with ideas and, and productivity, but there are plenty of days when I just, I don't feel inspired, I don't feel motivated. I yeah.
1: Don't, and what um, do you do to try and pick yourself up? Have you got any sort of tips or techniques that, you know, anyone who's struggling to find their creativity could, could have a go?
0: At. um I think one of the things that I've learned which I've, I've never really been very good at but I'm getting better at is just kind of being kind to yourself so if you if you do have an off day or an off week it doesn't mean that that's the end of your creativity or your productivity it just mm. means it's a week when maybe you've got other things on your mind or for whatever reason you're just not feeling it. it will come back again always mm. does Another thing is, I suppose, that I found there is a benefit for me, at least in having so many different things on the go, because if I'm feeling uninspired in one area, I might still be feeling inspired in another area and that can kind of pique my interest and get me going again. So for me... Having a lot of things on the go is really good because I've got that sort of butterfly mind. I appreciate it doesn't work for everybody, but there's always something usually that I'm still feeling okay about, even if I'm feeling grumpy about the rest of it. The thing that I've, I think, found most helpful is you just have to let yourself jump into things, really. Don't put up barriers. So if something comes along and you think, oh, I'd quite like to try that, but just do it. You know, anything to lose, just... um, have a go what's the worst that can happen yeah you know? so try and say yes
1: to things like i guess yeah. if, if yeah. i mean like you you mentioned doing photos for a brass band you might kind of think logically but i don't know anything about brass bands so i'd never yeah. be able to reflect them well but you obviously took the opposite approach and thought you know what I'll I'll give it a go why not
0: I did I I mean the first time I did that I I'd never photographed a brass band before I I just yeah (laughs) and I kind of thought oh how am I going to do this I just went and did it and it worked out fine and you know and that will that gives you more confidence then but if you don't if you don't say yes and you don't give it a go then you will never know whether
1: you could have done it fantastic Mm -hmm. so you've got so much going on what what's next Mm -hmm. for you what does the next kind of year or so look like
0: oh that's a very good question at the moment I am sort of splitting my time between doing some consultancy for a large organization which should come to an end in another month or so but Mm -hmm. but also doing quite a bit of work on my printmaking just because quite a few things have come up in that area recently I'd like to kind of even out the time I spend on different things a bit more so yeah I'd, I'd like to somehow find a balance um, that, that works for me and eventually I think in the longer term I would like to find some way in which I could maybe do perhaps a little bit less of the the money earning work the, the, yeah the, I suppose the data protection work and a little bit more of the creativity and have them all sort of more on an even footing but I think that, that takes a while to get there yeah so, um, yeah but I'm just gonna sort of enjoy it as it comes, I think. Yeah, fantastic.
1: Uh, see what happens. Yeah, well, yeah. that's a that's a great point to to finish on for today. I think oh. I think it's been really interesting to hear your journey because it's told us a lot just about creativity in general. So without being kind of school booky, <laughs> you know, we've managed to talk in a lot of detail about creative energy and creativity, how to develop it, how to use it. And and I think what you said about just saying yes to. Things and just having mm. a go and not worrying too much. I think that's a really, really great takeaway for today. Yeah. So, thank yeah. you so much for your time today, Louise. Um, it's, been it, it's, been, it's been really helpful. Thank you. So, I'm going to put a link on the page so that anyone who's interested in any of Louise's businesses can have a look. There'll be links to the data protection page, but also to the photography, the printing, the cat stuff and the jewellery making as well so lots going on I'm so grateful to Louise for her time she's such an inspiring person really just just getting on and being creative not necessarily sort of bragging about it but just quietly getting on with that thing of looking at everything in a different way it's not just about being artistic it's about problem solving and coming at things in an unusual capacity so it's been really great to talk to her thanks for joining us today and we'll catch up next week bye